I'm not going to lie. I'm getting really used to this setup <laughs> of being on We're the couch. Back on the couch. Yeah. Instead of being in a cramped closet. It is much more comfortable. I feel like we can ramble on a lot longer because of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we should always have a baby sleeping in our in our bed. Then not in our bed, in our in bedroom. Our room. I can't wait to have our room back though. I know. <laughs> Although I love having him there and it's beneficial, easy for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is what we're going to talk about today. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about, because we talk about breastfeeding. Can we talk about what happened today and um, our four month old biting you So on the nipple? It's been going on for a while now. Well, he hasn't been like really clamping down a lot, but he has been clamping down since he was born. Uh, So I have like a natural fast flow. So even sometimes, Mm. remember like if you would come unlatched and then milk would come like (laughs) squirting across the, I'm not even joking, like across the room. It got me. That yeah, it like all the time. Yeah, and if he... (laughs) unlatches like suddenly because it's coming out too fast it goes all over his face Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's how bad it is and it sprays so you know that little face is just like so confused yeah and covered uh with milk so (laughs) he's been doing that but you know he's a baby and so it doesn't really hurt and so the lot today multiple times you saw him Mm -hmm. he will clamp down and then Turn mm-hmm. his head mm-hmm. <laughs> and pulling your nipple and with it like you were pulling gum off like stale gum mm-hmm. off of a pole <laughs> and how it, you know how it would stretch you were like you looked at you like as, ow it hurt um, i told him um, multiple times I, w- <laughs> I would say ow sometimes and you're like well he doesn't have any teeth and then you saw you witnessed uh-huh. firsthand what he does to me. Uh-huh. And so he's been doing this, but now he's like really strong now. Like this baby's like a super baby. He's super strong. Like from his kicks, like everything. I'm not even exaggerating. That's how strong he is. Mm-hmm. So when it's he went when verified he, by our pediatrician. Yep. She was just <laughs> like, Oh, he is strong. Um <laughs> did not nail her accent at all. Uh so yeah, he did that multiple times today. And I went to see, and I guess I had like sometimes if women breastfeeding, they know like you'll have like pockets of milk that kind of like, you know, that's where your, what is it? The duct? Yeah. Like you get plug ducts and stuff. Like sometimes that happens. I don't really get it bad, but like sometimes I feel like it's concentrated there. So I know to like massage mm. it out. And so sometimes if the milk starts let out, let out in those pockets, it sprays. Mm. And so I think that was what was happening to him. And I felt that when he was nursing. So I was, so before I nursed him the second time, I <laughs> ex, like expressed some uh-huh. out myself. Like I didn't want to fully pump. So I like just massaged out those pockets so that he didn't do that to me again. <laughs> but I looked at him and I said, you're really cute, but I'm going to hurt you if you <laughs> clamp down on my nipple like this or we're going on a strike right now. Like, I don't know if we oh could do God. this any any longer. But yeah, no, I, I had Liam who bit me with teeth. That yeah. was a different experience too. Uh-huh. But then shortly after we stopped that journey, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no more. More, but when I saw it, I I cringed because it, it it hurt, and I I saw him with just the way he pulled you and turned his head, and I'm like, oh my god, 
Yeah, and he always like does that suddenly. He wants to come off. Oh. Usually he knows to unlatch when he pulls off because yeah. Liam's doing something funny that yeah. he needs to, he can't miss out on. Mm-hmm. So he'll like, you know, whip his head around. But this day he was like, nope, your nipple's coming with me, whether you like it or not. <laughs> it looked like it hurt. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but I, it's, once again, it wasn't even as bad as the teeth. The teeth. Yeah. So you got teeth. <laughs> kind of like the um, Ali Wong. You got teeth. You can ask for, for it. it. Nope. Yeah, we're done with this journey. Uh, bless all those women out there who've breastfed their babies well into the toddler years. Just not something for me because I just, I can't. Nope. Mm-hmm. I just can't. <laughs> These kids will bite you. Yeah. They will bite me. So I'm I'm done. Uh, I'm hoping to make it, you know, we'll talk about it more in the episode. Hopefully I can make it in the, the next, you know, six months to a year. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm good. <laughs> I'm Brian. And I'm Fatima, and you're listening to Millennial and Pregnant. In this episode, we're discussing breastfeeding and my personal journey so far. I really did not have enough lines in that open. <laughs> that was all me. <laughs> so we are winding down this season with the last few episodes we're going to talk about how it's going now four and a half months in mm-hmm. to a new baby and a four year now four year old um so today we're going to talk about your breastfeeding journey so far and then uh in our next episode we'll just kind of wrap everything up with just a lot of final thoughts yeah and tbd on if there'll be a season three <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I'll say no. It has not been picked up yet. <laughs> it has, yeah. We're, it's in review <laughs> right now. Um, but, do you, you know, as we talk about breastfeeding, do you want to talk about your decision to breastfeed? Maybe, I don't know if it's, it's yeah. in tandem with the first time, but having already gone through a year breastfeeding, why you decided to continue with your second kid? Yeah, I mean, continuing with the second one was because my first journey with Liam was, for the most part, really good. You know, I talked about in the first episode having some struggles because he wanted to sleep and not practice latching while I had the consultant there. And then, you know, me having to supplement with formula because he was just so distraught by the time he woke up the next day. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, you know, was new to it all. Uh, I would say it was a successfully latch him at first. So I had that initial feed, which was great. And we were like spoon feeding him mm-hmm. um, while self-expressing before, but it was just not enough to hold him. So, you know, I supplemented. So I knew, but once again, 99% of that journey, even with going to the lactation consultant and using the breast shield for a little bit uh, period of time, my overall journey with breastfeeding him was really great. And there was a lot of ups to it more than there were downs, just the convenience, the nourishment, mm. uh, looking back at the photos that we have of Liam, I'm like, you were fat. You were like a little <laughs> chunk, chunky baby. We didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, and it was just amazing because he was a hundred percent breastfed for, I don't even think he really took cereal until like five or six months. And even mm-hmm. then he didn't have that much. Like he was pretty much all breast milk in the first year of his life so 
looking back at those photos, I'm like, wow, I did that. Like I was able to nourish our baby and he got so big Mm -hmm. and it just, and it, it just worked out, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I continued to do it even going back to work. So I said, if everything is stacked in my favor again for this second time around, I'm going to give it a a try. And I think, and so that's why I decided Mm -hmm. to do it again. And this journey was a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you know, I don't know if we're going into that now, but yeah, we can. Okay. So, you know, similar thing. It was actually really seamless Mm -hmm. latching Blair in the hospital. I didn't even need any help from any lactation nurse or consultant, like no one. I was able to latch him successfully. And he was, I think he nursed for like an hour. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Where, oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and I switched up, and he wanted more. Yeah, he just like kept until so once I got moved from the labor and delivery floor up to the recovery floor. I forget what, the, what they call that floor. He continued to nurse like just like every hour. It felt like maybe mm-hmm. even more often than that, and so it felt fine. It felt natural. I was like, I got this. Like this is gonna be like <laughs> so easy. Um, and like, then second time around, I the second this. time around and, Perfect. you know, all through the night I was feeding him. I think he got in a couple of couple hour stretches. I was able to sleep just a little bit. Uh, and so I think it was like late morning. I'm like, Whoa, he went to go latch and like it hurt a little bit and then it kind of stopped and then it would hurt a, a little bit more. I'm like, what's going on here? And so I just felt like, I was like, maybe he's just been, he's just been nursing like nonstop. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, just, I'm just really sore. So he had gotten circumcised. And so he fell asleep for some time. Like once babies go through, they have like some type of painful thing that happened to them. They pretty much mm-hmm. sleep for a good amount of time. So I had a lactation consultant that came by or lactation nurse that came by my room And I wanted to kind of show her what I was doing when I was nursing him just so she can give me some Mm -hmm. pointers on why my nipples were hurting. She, you know, she did say, you know, self-express some milk um, onto it. And, you know, that's really good. And I had some nipple cream, like just nothing is really working. Um, But I couldn't show her what we were doing. And that's really what's helpful when you have those nurses and uh, consultants that come by to your room. It's good to show them what, how you're positioning your body Mm -hmm. and everything else because they can tell you what you might be doing wrong and give you some pointers. And literally, it could be them tilting your hand or their head ever so slightly. And it makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. just real time. And so I wasn't able to do that because he was sleeping. (laughs) So this was like... (laughs) you know, Liam, when he first was born, where he just slept the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't really nursed that much throughout the day. And I think right before we were leaving, being discharged that um, night, he went to go nurse again. And oh my God, it was so painful, but still enough for me to be like, I just just need to get through it. Um, so you know, he finished up pretty quickly, but I'm like, oh my God, that hurt so bad just now. So then fast forward, we get to the house, you know, I come in and, you know, uh, introduce him to Liam, blah, 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 oh, I'm sitting on the couch <laughs> and <laughs> he wakes up and he's hungry. And so I go to latch him and 
I was like, okay, this is pain that I've never felt before in my entire life. So I, I unlatch him with my finger and there's blood in his mouth and a, and a piece of my nipple. <laughs> oh, I, a piece of my skin. I don't skin. remember. Oh, okay. I don't uh, remember a piece of your nipple. No, also yeah. Being it wasn't. It was. I, I had to like take it out because that's how oh. it was so. Yep. The skin was so damaged or cracked and uh-huh. dry that a piece of my skin like oh my came God. off and it was blood coming out. And I said, oh, mm. no, I can't do this. So I tried the other side and that happened to be my right, right side. Painful, but still not as bad. But I still was like, I can't do this because I want the other nipple to get so bad. So I unlatched him. And we made the decision like I made in the hospital with Liam to supplement with formula. Mm-hmm. Because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was in so much pain and I knew that if I continued this way, it was just going to get worse and worse. And I I don't even think I could have sucked it up. Like there was no, there was no sucking it Mm -hmm. up. And by then when you, especially when a piece of your skin (laughs) is missed, piece of your nipple, like Mm -hmm. some, one of your most sensitive areas on your body, um, is off and it's bleeding as I don't know how people get their nipples pierced. I'm pinching mine right now. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, like there's just so much, you know, nerve endings or whatever in in that area. Mm So, (laughs) so now fast forward to day two, Mm -hmm. uh, nipples still hurt, but now my boobs are becoming engorged Mm -hmm. because my milk is actually starting to come in. I came in maybe a day or two faster than the first time mm-hmm. around. Definitely a couple days. So your when your breasts are engorged like that, obviously the, the skin, the nipple part, like mm-hmm. everything is larger and stretched out. I could not fit into the tank that I have, the nursing tank that I have, mm-hmm. the black one, mm-hmm. that I thought I needed to return to get a medium because I was like, well, what? Like, what's happening? Like, nothing mm-hmm. is fitting. It's because my boobs were so big mm-hmm. that in my normal bras it was yeah. it was not working yeah. at all or shirts that I had gotten that I was like this is gonna be so great I have like <laughs> nursing clothes and I, I couldn't even wear them because that's how much milk was coming in yep. at first so I was miserable yeah. <laughs> needless to say I was miserable so I think I think the next day you went out to the store and probably got every single product you can possibly shield (laughs) that kind of product that i could find Mm -hmm. and shields and and, what else i mean like there was like different variations of nipple shields you got a shield for me you got something so that my nipples didn't touch my shirt because i was in so much pain that i couldn't any clothes against it was going to prevent it from healing and my it would the clothes would get stuck to my nipple mm-hmm. and then peel off mm-hmm. a little of my skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's sorry if this is too graphic, but this is how bad it was. So, and then my milk started to come in and I was trying to pump, but mm-hmm. it was so painful. So mm-hmm. you got the next size, you bought another size up. Yep. Uh, so that happens sometimes as just a pointer that if you, that if like you're, sometimes you have to change the, size of your flank I think it's called and that's the part that goes over your nipple to pump and if that's not right that it can be very painful mm-hmm. experience crack nipples or not you have to have the, the right size so mm-hmm. you got a bigger size of that 
uh you got cream everything <laughs> and i think when i had to go outside for something and the nipple things that you got so that my breast wouldn't touch yeah. my shirt was just so odd like i think god it was hard win- nipples yeah thank god it was winter because <laughs> i was able to put like a a sweat shirt over it but it still like was just cones. like yeah it was they weren't like oh my god it flat was, or, or like little bumps they were like cones mm-hmm so so in my typical virgo it was like you were going to like a, a friend like being on the friends show or like the madonna i'm thinking of like the madonna cone oh yeah, yeah like yeah. thing like that's not like so pointy but like that's how obvious it was <laughs> yeah. that i had something under my shirt so being the virgo that i am i had to come up with a plan like mm-hmm. I'm like i'm miserable now and i had to like get out of it this was like the first three this was like the first four days yeah within the first week of yeah. coming home i would say being more in the first like 24 hours <laughs> yeah that's true yep. so i go go online and i try to find first i try to find the consultant that we had before yeah she moved out to jersey and i was like hell no i'm not going all the way to jersey yeah it's two especially at, and with a newborn i'm like i need something that's like 10 minutes away because that's how far she was from our first apartment so then i find another uh place out here Mm -hmm. and i immediately booked the first appointment that was ooh ooh, thunder i saw that Uh, huge flash of lightning uh, in the middle of a severe thunderstorm right now so you mm -hmm. might hear some rumbles (laughs) in the background so i luckily we're not plugged into anything i immediately booked the first appointment that i can find Mm -hmm. and i think what i came home days away I came home Saturday night. Sunday night is when I started doing my research of what I needed to do. Mm. And I think the first appointment was going to be Wednesday morning. Yes. Yep. So I was like, okay, I need to get through mm-hmm. the next two days. So we decided we had a few more. We went through all the bottles that we had of the formula we got from yep. the hospital, but that didn't matter. And I remember you being in the store and being like, should I pick up more mm-hmm. formula? And I had said, no, we have the formula that we had someone shipped to us. Yep. And so we're like, we can use that instead. Long story short, thank God we didn't use it because mm-hmm. that was one of the formulas that were recalled. Yep. That's that specific lot. Yeah. <laughs> was the one that was recalled. Uh. So anyways that didn't matter because that afternoon I'm like, I have milk coming out. Yeah. And so as painful as it was, you got the new sizes. It still was painful, but less painful. Mm-hmm. I pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I, you know, I was able to pump or self express enough milk cause their mm-hmm. little tummies are so small. So and I didn't have pumping, to pump that much. And even pumping was sensitive and oh, difficult my, for you. It was the worst. I would only, I would pump enough for maybe one or two feedings. And in the first few few days weeks Mm -hmm. what is it like two ounces or so that they drink so i was pumping just enough for them for him to eat Mm -hmm. and then you would feed him the bottle and so we did that for the next few days because i needed to make sure i was like okay with any wound it's going to heal if i just don't touch it right (laughs) so Um, I was like, I just need to nurse this. So I was doing everything to make sure my clothes wasn't touching. I was putting the ointments on there. Mm -hmm. I was. (laughs) We're going to take a quick pause. (laughs) 
Okay, so uh, our son was <laughs> got woken up by the thunder. Yeah. So it happens. I think we're good. Um, but we were talking about how you were protecting your nipples, not touching anything. <laughs> well, or not just, letting anything touch them. I was doing just everything in everything online, or, or I could find mm-hmm. to heal the pro- heal heal as quickly as possible before our appointment on Wednesday, mm-hmm. because. At this point, I think I even tried the next morning or Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. I tried again to latch Blair and I I think I started crying. I was like, this is too painful. Yeah, that's I just couldn't do it. I could not fight through it for whatever reason. So and you shouldn't have to. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, well, I hear some stories and some women like they mm-hmm. didn't get any help and they just, you know, I don't know how eventually I think maybe it healed and the baby got a little bit better. Cause like, even as the baby matures, the journey kind of changes a little bit and you don't have to worry. Like the positioning of the baby is so important when they're so small because mm-hmm. they don't have any control <laughs> over anything. Yeah. And so you're really trying to manipulate them and make sure that they're doing the right thing. And then as they mature, they kind of know what they're doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it easier. So anyways, I was those, you know, it seemed like the longest three or four days waiting for that appointment. I I don't know. I maybe I had a lot of hope from my first time with Liam when we went to the we I went to lactation consultant even then and was more with Liam because he would nurse for like five minutes, (laughs) (laughs) like two or three minutes. I'm like, this kid can possibly Uh be getting what he needs. And so we went to the consultant and I was you know, latching him, but Mm -hmm. then I only felt a little bit more comfortable that he was actually getting anything if I had the nipple shield on. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone who doesn't know what this is, is like a piece of plastic that goes over silicone, whatever that goes over your nipple. And it helps that the baby doesn't have to do a full latch. It's almost like a little bottle of some sorts for them um to like a nipple on top of a nipple yeah (laughs) and so i had for whatever reason i felt like he was nursing better when i had that on Mm -hmm. so but that was such a production because one i had to clean it so frequently Mm -hmm. two i would have to find it (laughs) (laughs) um you know when i needed to get get it and it was just then you have to like stick on it wasn't static no. Did you just have to get a little wet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd use a little bit of my saliva to, yeah. you know, because it was like flaps that went around the nipple and you get it a little wet. It stays on, on mm-hmm. it a little bit better. So it was just like, <laughs> you know, breastfeeding is supposed to be like super convenient, at yeah. least in the first few time, you know, days of you breastfeeding. It's not supposed to be this huge production. So... <laughs> I went to the lactation consultant and, you know, she gave me the confidence enough to be like, you don't need this. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're doing everything right. She saw how I was at position. The only thing she like, which is so hard for me, just naturally is just like, it's like shoulders down, <laughs> relax <laughs> and breathe. And like, you can't be all tense. She's like, you have to allow your milk to flow. And so that was like the point the like mm-hmm. tip that I, I that stuck with me with her uh was just making sure that i was breathing and being as relaxed as possible when i was feeding him so now fast forward to the appointment that i had with 
our new person, which mm-hmm. shout out like my first lactation consultant, which was a black woman. And it was just nice to have that experience and have that person in with that, with me on that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I found, so I was a little afraid of what I was going to find now that we moved. And like I said, we've said before, we're in a predominantly white area mm-hmm. now. Right. So I was pleasantly surprised uh, when I found this new lactation consultant. She was just, I think anyone who's in that field, and I was talking to my mother, I was like, you have to really like what you're doing. Yeah. And you really want to yeah. help people because why are you there? You're literally your be, job is to help people. Like it's hard to fake your help, I guess. Yeah. Because it's such a personal like, I, I feel like, you know, doctor's bedside manner is just, it, it's okay if they're cold. Yeah. If you, but well, the lactation consultant, it just feels more, you have to be more high, maybe highly sensitive because they're coming to no you. There's no way because, you can do a good job if you're not. Yeah. If you if you don't have that, if you don't approach your job that yep. way. And she was just, I, but I still was worried. But she was amazing. She was just so, so, so helpful. Just like literally mm-hmm. hands on too. She's like, it's okay. And she's like positioning mm-hmm. my, you know, my nipple into <laughs> his mouth. Like she was, she, she was just great. And then I think we had like maybe four or five sessions with her and each tip or each session made me more confident going mm-hmm. home. And then I was able to heal. Even in the first one, I was still kind of giving him the bottle because I still wanted to heal more. Mm-hmm. But I did attempt a couple times more. You did. And it didn't, it wasn't as painful. Yep. And so I was like, okay, like it's getting there. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And, you know, I think then we found out that, um, she was watching him nurse and she saw that, you know, I think I explained this before when a baby goes to latch, they're not on you. People think they're just sucking your nipple. No, mm-hmm. they're like, their latch is, what is it? The aerial aerial. Thank you. They're pretty much. That's where their latch is. Mm-hmm. It's on either end of, of those and r- over the nipple. Mm-hmm. So not directly onto the nipple. And so she saw what Blair was doing. He latched perfectly. I was Mm -hmm. doing everything I was supposed to correctly. And then his mouth would ever so slowly just go backwards. And then he was Mm -hmm. on my nipple. And she's like, oh. And she would, like, unlatch him. And so we were trying to figure out, why is he doing that? Yeah. And turns out he had a Mm tongue-tie, like a posterior tongue-tie. So... Not as very common to see, you know, sometimes you notice it right away because the baby can't, it's right in the front of their tongue. Mm-hmm. Like His a full was, tongue tie. Exactly. And this was just in the back. So right. it was just making it after nursing for a little bit was making mm-hmm. it uncomfortable for him to keep his mouth open that yeah. long. And therefore he got a narrow an, an incorrect latch um, mm-hmm. towards the end of a feeding so we went on the journey and made the decision <laughs> to have uh what is the procedure called? I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, we, it was a laser yes. that evaporated the cells mm-hmm. of the tissue. Yeah. Yep. Evaporated the tissue cells. Yes. To release the tongue tie. Or it was like evaporated the water because of tissue. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it helped to break the tissue. Yep. 
And so. And then the next three to four weeks, four to six times a day of stretches to kind of not reopen the wound, but, but to make to sure it didn't, it to heal we, we didn't want it to heal back <laughs> yeah. and it go back. So yep. the tissue reconnecting because yep. she's like, it, it's going to want to do that yep. so frequently. Um, and I think we learned that for a posterior tongue tie, you really don't, you don't realize a baby will have it unless they're breastfeeding mm-hmm. because they usually might be able to eat fine and maybe you'll find it through bottle feeding as well. But for the most part, these are not really diagnosed unless well, we, you were breastfeeding or later on in life when you're having issues with speech or something else. We saw with breast um, with bottle feeding him. Yep. There was two things that were happening. A lot of milk was dripping out. Yeah. Remember? Yep. And he was doing the clicking. Yep. Sound. That's true. And so down the it was almost it we had to do it because. Mm-hmm. The nursing wasn't working, and then he was actually wasting yep. a ton of milk and not getting a full feeding and getting tons of air because of the way he was sucking on a bottle. Mm-hmm. So really, there was no choice that we mm-hmm. had, so we, we did do it, and he was a champion. Yeah. They were like, he smiled or whatever yeah. right after. It's like, he's I'm such like, a really? sweet baby, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, when I... I had given the honor of Brian <laughs> to do all the lip stretches because I couldn't do it. Yeah. Hearing his little cry. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it like faded away after a few times mm-hmm. of him doing it. She's like, think about you have a scab and you just keep scratching it, scratching it, scratching yeah. it, scratching it. She's like, that's kind of what yep. it would be. That's a feeling of what's happening. So she's like. That's going to be uncomfortable for him. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to want to nurse right after that. I always nursed him and that helped to really, you know, help, helped him. And so she was able to, you know, diagnose that with him. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had the procedure right at the place there. And ever since, like, it's been great. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're on the other side of it. And (laughs) I think I stressed Brian out so much. I was like, I don't want to get this procedure done. If only, um, it's benefit for me, breastfeeding, blah, blah, all all this stuff. Cause I didn't want it to be a selfish decision Mm -hmm. on my part. And you know, the doctors there and the um, lactation consultant was like, this is as much your journey as well. And like, you Mm want to make sure that you're less stressed because you're going to care for your baby more. And then now on the other side of thinking about with the clear mind, (laughs) I also remember how difficult it was with him with the bottle Mm -hmm. and just like, Mm -hmm. just all the other things that could be a possibility Mm -hmm. if he didn't have the procedure done. And having to do that procedure later down the line, if there was, if, if speech or other, like eating became an issue Mm -hmm. um, as well. And so having to do that procedure as an older kid. Not the greatest. No. I'm like, I would how imagine. Have we possibly done lip stretches. Oh my God. With te- imagine if they, and if they had teeth. Mm-mm. Mm, no, we couldn't have done it. No. So, you know, in both of my journeys with Liam and Blair with breastfeeding, you know, successful in hospital first latch. That was great. Um, I had at some point, 
supplement with formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when I didn't get him to lash and was super uncomfortable or wasn't as experienced. And then the other part being like, I am experienced and I know that if I don't take care of myself, this journey is going to end sooner than I want to. So supplement. Mm-hmm. So in both those situations at different times, I ended up supplemented with some type of formula and I had amazing consultants to mm-hmm. help me through that journey. Yep. And once again, a support system to help me do that journey with Brian. <laughs> I, I put Brian through it, <laughs> you know, and, and so just being there and like him taking the notes while we're in the, you know, he went to every single consultant appointment that I had and taking notes and was very attentive to make sure like once I got home, you know, what do you want me to do? And just taking my lead on whether I wanted to give a bottle or I wanted to attempt just being really patient in that aspect. And, you know, just when I'm with my mom too, like in her support being here when we were going to the consultant appointments and being here with, you know, our other child, (laughs) um, but also just like encouraging me too. you know, she didn't breastfeed any of her kids, but like was very much invested in my journey Mm -hmm. to breastfeed. And she knew that it was something that I really wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I had that strong support system again Mm -hmm. with both of my journeys and now being back at work, I talked about how important it was to make sure that the, you know, your work environment mm-hmm. is the same as well. And I'm still the, you know, I ended up switching jobs when I left, um, my, when, you know, when I was going back to work with Liam, but I went to this current job that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And that was where I did most of my pumping and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have the same boss. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Yep. And so she's like, you know, super supportive of about that. that journey. I think I like missed a, I was in the office the other day and I missed a pump session or something. And she's like, make sure you don't do that. She's like, I think some, someone jumped in the room that I was mm-hmm. in. She's like, make sure you kick them out. Blah, blah. She was like more upset. <laughs> about it than I was and I was like it's okay and she's like no like you have to this is important you need to make mm-hmm. sure that like put it on your calendar and make sure nothing moves it around so you know I don't really think she even really understands how and like we're friends you know but I still respect her a lot as a boss and I don't think that people understand just saying those little things like how much of it makes a difference that you mm-hmm. feel support it it might seem obvious but when you hear someone say it it's it mm-hmm. you know it, it definitely makes a difference so um I would say even with all that being said that experience I had in the beginning with Blair I still feel like 99% of my journey has been pretty great <laughs> mm-hmm. because I really only suffered with those nipples, even though it seemed like forever <laughs> for it was only two days. <laughs> no, um, I would say it was fully healed. Yeah. Not fully healed, but enough to be like, this is not like I'm one, yeah. you know, so it was a half a week by the time you went to the consultant, but mm-hmm. you're still healing. Yeah, maybe two weeks when by the time you were like full, full healed. Yep. Yep. So those two weeks were very long. Yeah. 
but um in the grand scheme of things when you have a goal of making it to six months to a year it's that those two weeks is just a boop in the whole journey that you're having and so the last three and a half months have been pretty great with 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 Blair and I feel like there's a lot of like that bonding around the whole experience and to eliminate all that pain it just makes your journey just that much better mm-hmm. so um yeah no I think it's you know we have I definitely have a lot of I think my journeys were very very similar with both of them and so you know you talked about lactation consultants but what other tools you know actually physical tools like a breast pump um or and other resources that you found helpful for both kids now? Yeah. So definitely, I think I talked about it in my first episode, the breastfeeding pillow. Like that's big. Yeah. My breast friend. My breast friend, um, breastfeeding pillow. And it's so funny because my old boss was having a, had a kid last April mm-hmm. and she was listening to this podcast and she heard me recommend that and she got it and she's like, it made her breastfeeding journey. She's mm. like, I went out and got that immediately. Wow. So I was like, as long as I touch just one person, <laughs> I think I've said this before, but that's like so cool about this experience is that we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're like, who's really listening? And sometimes <laughs> I ramble or say, um, too much, but then some people get something out of the episode. Yeah. And that's really all I'm here for. It's just like, here's my journey in here. What could potentially help? Because I didn't feel like there was a lot of resources out there Mm -hmm. to talk about these things. So I was all just piecing everything together from what I heard, from what I was researching. um, And and resources that talk about the nitty gritty of of breastfeeding or just, you know, having a kid. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's like, oh, you have your kid and you have a baby and you breastfeed and put them down and Mm -hmm. they have a schedule. And it's like, yeah, but then you kind of go a layer deeper and they're... You're like, oh, these tired moms, these tired dads. But then you, you got to go a little bit, like two more layers deeper to like, what's the real? Mm-hmm. What's the real real on yep. all of this? Yep. And, you know, I think a lot of social you know, media. Nipple in your mouth. Chunk of nipple in your mouth <laughs> is like. Yeah. Like, hello. No one really <laughs> Let's told talk me. about those stories. Yeah. No one really told me that was going to happen mm-hmm. and that this was a possibility. And like these things you should be watching out for. So, you know, it was all me figuring it out. And I think when we looked at our insurance to see what can we do or just having that nurse the first time with having Liam and being like, there's lactation consultants out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure you talk to, I no clue. I, I don't know why I just didn't think about it. I was like, Oh, like I'll just figure it out mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. I'll just Google what I need to, <laughs> but no, there's like the actual, internet like, will tell you, yeah, the internet will tell you, but no, there's actual people that that's their full time job mm-hmm. is to, get the baby to latch correctly mm-hmm. so and they're excellent mm-hmm. and it's they're excellent but like that nurse just pumping information into me the first mm-hmm. time when i first gave birth then i had the tools i needed to go out and find the resources that i needed so yeah um so you, but, you talk about nipple shields mm-hmm. that silicone thing you used today is that just like a catch-all Yes, and I forget what it's called. And someone it's called a silicone breast pump. That's what it's called. I looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Has so no name. I she I got it's that manu- from I guess a manual the nurse, breast pump. The nurse in the hospital gave it to me my second time mm-hmm. uh, with Blair this this past recent time. Yep. Um, and it's used to collect 
she's like, you know, when you're feeding the baby, there's let down on the other breasts, mm-hmm. even though you're not feeding them. It's like, you put this on there and the milk will drip down and you can collect it and mm-hmm. give it to the baby. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's true. It's like liquid gold where everyone <laughs> talks about it. You don't want to waste any of it. Yeah. So, um, and you can get a good amount in there. And so I was talking about how I was feeling clogged or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I got like a good portion yeah two just, a f- just a few minutes a couple minutes of just massaging it i got some so i mm-hmm. saved it i was like doesn't i don't have to squirt it into the sink <laughs> or into a towel because yeah it's wasteful and i can use it again so um, i just had a flashback to vegas yes oh my god <laughs> anyways um but, Dion trip. yeah yeah and i was like no, that took that actually takes me back to the play. Remember we watched? Oh the, my God, the cursed child. We yeah yeah we we went to go see the Harry Potter play. Really long story short, and I didn't have well, a pump. Liam was four months. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a pump, and I'm like a super supplier. Like I don't know why, but I've, I've produced so much milk in mm-hmm. the beginning, and it took a while for my supply to even regulate with Liam. Mm-hmm. And this was altogether. How many hours was I away from Liam? Oh gosh. Cause that play was five hours. Six. So we were like uh, six hours, six so hours six away from hours. away from him. Yeah. Traveling no... intermission dinner. Mm-hmm. So we went to go grab <laughs> in the first part of it. Uh, after the first part, we grabbed Chipotle And I'm like, Brian, I'm really full. So I had to go into the bathroom and just self express into the sink (laughs) because I was so full. Yeah. And it was like, took a bunch of napkins with you. Yeah. And, and then when I even got back to the theater, I did it some more. Mm -hmm. I had to like self express into the sink because Mm -hmm. I didn't have a pump. Mm -hmm. So uh, segue into pumps. <laughs> so That's perfect in, the, segue. <laughs> in the beginning, I knew I'm like, I have to regulate with my supply. I have, wasn't fully breastfeeding. You were still giving bottles while I still was healing. And now we have a toddler running around like crazy. <laughs> so I, I told the story in the beginning, how traumatizing it was when Liam walked in on me yes. pumping. Yeah. <laughs> like what is happening and so this i will still remember his little face like it's just (laughs) burned into my memory of him watching me so anyways and even when i would have to pump i'm like okay see you guys in like 20 minutes yeah or back then in the very early days it would take me like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. but set up and everything else and then cleaning and everything such a production so i decided to invest in a pump that I can just put in my bra mm-hmm. and still be able to get on the floor, play with Liam or play with Blair mm-hmm. or just have a conversation. I'm not missing out so much time with you guys while you're out here and I'm in the room mm-hmm. pumping by myself and top level. Cause I know you're going to, I think you're going to do a whole write up about this, but <laughs> yeah, you have like, the LV. It's like, you better do write up. <laughs> the, the LV. Is that what it's called? Yes. LV. And, um, top line what are your thoughts on it? Like, is it everything? Not that it promises, but is it everything you thought it would be helpful or convenient? And like I said before, I did, I do a lot of research before I buy things. So I did the research because there's quite a, there's a few options that you can get out there. And this outweighs 
a lot of the other ones, like a, another big one was Willow one. Mm-hmm. And then there were some other brands. I can't remember the name. Um, with the Willow at the time, now they have another option mm. is that you had to buy another attachment instead of just using the bags. Like the one that just, it came with, you always had to use the disposable plastic bags Got it. to load those in there. And then, the another review is that you can't see like with the willow it's just a full cover so to see if your milk is being let down to mm-hmm. make sure everything is lined up correctly and that it's expressing enough or if it's full you can't see the milk you mm-hmm. have to take the entire thing off to mm-hmm. see it so with the LV, it was like the milk, it had came with the containers that the milk came mm-hmm. in. Reusable. And, yep. Or washable. Yep. Wash, washable. And you can peek in there and be like, okay, my milk is being let down. Mm-hmm. I'm good. It's fine that it's not simu- in the simu, because it in breast pumps, it simulates and lets down. So it's what's normal, even with breastfeeding with the baby. They'll have more frequent sucks. And then as the milk comes down, they'll start sucking a little less frequently because they're trying to stimulate the breast to get the milk to come down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a pump is doing. And so all those, you know, reading on the research, those were the two main reasons um, that I wanted to get the LV was that mm-hmm. it came with the pumps already, the reusable containers already, and I can see the milk. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so I I, <laughs> I buy it, uh, and luckily I saved up. I had the money in the FSA, so that wasn't really like a huge, huge issue for me. But if not, it's a huge price tag for mm-hmm. this one. Uh, so because you want to get two, because you want to get two. Yep. So it's a it's a good amount of money. So if you're looking to get one of them, you can get usually through your insurance, and if not, I I knew I what I wanted was a hospital grade. Mm-hmm. pump so that's what i got through my insurance for free i got mm-hmm. a new refresh one and then I, and then this portable one because a lot of the reviews was like you want this because you're trying to be convenient but like let's say you're going back to work or you're pumping more frequently or you you can be stationary you can use your other pump right mm-hmm. because this one only has but so much life in in it so i was like okay i want to get two i'm going to get a new one that's stationary and i want to get this one mm-hmm. Overall, I I like it. Mm-hmm. I think that all the reviews that were online was fairly, like, it was correct on mm-hmm. every little thing that it said about the pros and cons with it. My biggest con with it is, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's my service or what it is or if I should just re-download it, <laughs> the connection to my phone to tell me how much I'm pumping mm-hmm. so that I don't have to do the peek into my bra to see if it's being let down or how much is in there is not always the most accurate. I always mm-hmm. feel like it's off by 0.25 or half an ounce, anywhere Got between it. that where it's telling me I'm doing a little more or less. Mm-hmm. It's not even like, oh, it's saying more than what is in or less. No, it's just like, it's just always off, mm-hmm. you know, either or. Um, but overall, for what I need it for, it was great. And I was also afraid that it would take forever. Like, is it, mm-hmm. it's not a hospital grade one, so it's going to take forever. But lucky me, for whatever reason, my letdown is really quick and mm-hmm. my pump, like, it, so then it really took me, I probably get as, just as much pumping with my hospital grade one with this one, mm-hmm. um, maybe give or take an ounce or two. 
that I'll get more if I use my hospital grade one. Uh, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm pumping enough that is for each feeding, I'm fine with mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, or I'll just skip and do another half session in there. But overall, the last couple of times I've gone to work, I've taken those. So they're super portable, lightweight, like easy to clean. Overall, I like it. I did talk to someone though that had those and she had a huge issue with like hacks to get it because you want a really tight bra Mm -hmm. to really make sure it's pressed against there. And so also if you have an issue where it's like, it takes a lot of stimulation and stuff, like you want no gaps, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that's pressed against your boob. And she was having so many issues that she, you you know, used a a one bra and I think maybe put another bra or like a tight tank top to really make sure it was really pressed against her. And so I was like, okay, I can see that. Mm -hmm. So depending Mm -hmm. on maybe how your nipples are or the, your boob size or whatever mm-hmm. else. Or if you have a, you know, it takes a lot to stimulate to get the milk out. This might be something that might not work as well as you would like it to. For me, it worked out for what mm-hmm. I needed it to do. Cool. And it's definitely saved you in some instances where either driving somewhere or want to, want to oh be able to God. have that portable convenient nature yeah quite a few you're right like that's also the big thing i was like once again like it was because (laughs) if i can't plug in production of multiple attachments breaking it down like all of this i can't like i can't pump Mm -hmm. here I, i pumped quite a few times in the car um or just if there was like a place where like i think i had to do it in the bathroom one time not the best experience that Mm -hmm. i would want to do but still was like a lot more seamless Mm -hmm. um than if i had to like find an outlet and find somewhere to pump and so that allowed me to be away keep up my supply and Mm -hmm. also just feel comfortable because i'm not leaking all over the place Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah that was also one of the big reasons (laughs) why i just got just in general just i needed a wireless pump but Mm -hmm. lv kind of fit all the things that I needed it to do. Got it. And, and you mentioned, you know, transition back to work and how, and also you're in a different scenario now where you're working from the office and working from home in this new world that we are in. So how has that been going? I can I just it's week three. So yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going into week three. <laughs> Let's yeah. make that clear. Yeah. Um, I pretend I think we made the decision that I'm going to pretend like I'm going to work every single day, even though I'm here sometimes, which I think makes it easier for me because before I was like, well, then maybe I'll just when I'm here, I'll just feed. But it's better, I think, just to put him on some type of schedule Mm -hmm. where he knows. And then so he's not boycotting that. I know mommy's here. Mm -hmm. She's just in the other room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wanted him to. I, w- I wanted Blair to be able to not give you guys any issue, give you any issue with giving him the bottle. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just pretend I'm not here. Um, I'll still sneak out and just like see him and he'll sometimes want to nurse. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause yeah. I see that full bottle that you're giving daddy a hard time with. Yeah. Um, and then some, I, I'll realize either he'll get me back either late at night. Cause he wants to <laughs> nurse more yeah. frequently late at night or longer. Yeah. Usually, um, 
but he's been like really really good I've, I've been very surprised I think there's been a couple of days where he's just like boycotted you for a little bit or just yeah gave you a really hard time um he's and I know like spitting not spitting out but not swallowing anything mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we had to give him Tylenol one time because vaccines were just kicking him in his butt and he's like no this I don't like this taste and just pushed it out with his tongue that little tongue now just likes to be sticking out mm-hmm. and with milk he'll just he'll like want to drink from the bottle but then like spits it out as if wait this is a bottle this is not yeah not like, mommy's not what I breast want. <laughs> it's like this is weird <laughs> but it's the same thing yeah like what you're getting and and i well, thought it's also aged slightly <laughs> whatever i haha funny which should um, be better but I thought it was going to be a lot easier. It, it is a lot easier, but I didn't think he was going to give you as much issues because throughout the maternity leave, we gave him one. Yeah. We a, gave bottle him a bottle once every day. a day. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's like, okay, this is like getting old. I had the first bottle. Where's mommy? Yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> where is she, where is she? Um, but thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thankfully we kept with that. Cause I think he would have been even more mm-hmm. stubborn than Liam with the bottles. Yeah. If we didn't do what we did. I agree. I agree. Cause that's that. I think that was part of our conscious decision to start bottles early. I mean, it was like, we were sort of forced into it, um, with his tongue tie, but we, I think we also were planning to do bottles early, um, earlier than what we did with Liam. Yeah. Because it was such a struggle to figure mm-hmm. out which bottle he would take, which if this helps anyone, the Como Tomo bottle, as far as moving from, if you still want to still breastfeed, but also get bottles because mm-hmm. babies get a nipple preference sometimes with the flow, flow preference, mm-hmm, a flow. Yeah. Pref- yeah. They actually said, don't say nipple preference is yeah. actually a flow preference because you know typically the milk from the breast comes out a lot slower than a typical bottle mm-hmm. and with the comatomo they have the slow flow which would mimic what how your milk will come out not necessarily because my one boob spurts like comes out <laughs> really quickly yeah since why he has a preference to it and yep. why that's yep. the boob, boob that makes the most milk mm-hmm. <laughs> even when i'm pumping i notice that it makes the most milk because that's the one he goes to because he likes a faster flow mm-hmm. um so we actually went to the two flow bottle yes now yeah and he loves it i think he's taking it a little bit better but um that was also another thing that we found during our first journey that this was a best bottle that worked and it worked again the second time Mm because i just think things are every baby yes is different every journal yes is different but some of the like core things of what they're looking for such as like flows and stuff like that pretty stays pretty consistent so we kept those bottles bought some new nipples Mm -hmm. called it a day and it's worked for us since i don't think we're going to go back to any other bottles we actually was cleaning out the cabinet and was like can we get rid of this one yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah i don't think we're gonna be using it yeah. so pretty pretty good with it um but yeah all in all i guess your transition is although slightly different it's it's um it's been an easy transition back yeah. to work yes it has been an easy transition back to work i will do better with keeping my schedule <laughs> with pumping and not letting it be moved around like the way i've been doing the last couple weeks so mm-hmm. Uh, to like help with that, I've started, I put like the time slots in 
my calendar Mm -hmm. so like i it's a meeting for me so people can work around my pump schedule Mm -hmm. and do you think it's um you know i one of the last things we wanted to talk about is you know do you think it's important for you as a black woman to talk about breastfeeding and why uh yeah i think it is um important i was like you know doing research around this the first time around with breastfeeding and i think i also touched forget my research just kind of you think about if you're a black woman listening to this podcast go back and you're around my age so you're a millennial right and our moms our aunts our grandmothers that wasn't something that i saw with breastfeeding Mm -hmm. I, i didn't see that most of them were formula fed and so i didn't really have which once again is nothing wrong with that but i didn't have an example of what that how my journey would look mm-hmm. until i think i met i i started to have like people that were younger than me or my same age outside my family that was doing the journey and i was like mm, oh like i guess this is something i i can try and that was kind of what made me start thinking about breastfeeding in mm-hmm. the first place right was seeing just those because if I was to imagine how my journey would be when I was a kid and I think about my dolls and my the bottles I had with my dolls like it was formula without even I thought about it it was kind of instilled with me that that was how my journey was going to look and so when I discovered there was another option I started to look into it a little bit more and there's just like a lot of you know there's a lot of there's a lot of statistics out there that you know, black women are less likely to, to breastfeed, just looking at, at the numbers with, you know, initially breastfeeding, I think it was like uh, 60 or 70% of black women breastfeed. It might actually be lower. Don't even quote me. Um, versus like, I think it was like an 80 high eighties, mid to high eighties of white women who, who, who breastfeed. And then breaking it down further when looking at how many of them went past like the six plus um range it was Mm -hmm. like you know 44 percent of black women were like successful or like 40 something percent were successful to go past the six months versus your 50 something close to 60 percent of white women who were able to go past the six months so just breaking down so statistics Mm -hmm. like white cis women were the ones who were more successful with breastfeeding and then breastfeeding for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different factors that go into that, you know, based off of, you know, a lot of black women are the breadwinners in, in, in households. So when you think about the time commitment that breastfeeding has, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get back to work or the job that you have, you don't want to jeopardize being like, I need accommodations to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. So that cut that journey for a lot of black women um, or the type of jobs that a lot of black women might have just don't have the benefits of lactation rooms and, and required jobs are not giving the required breaks that they need. And so all those things are stacked against them um, economically in order to make that decision to breastfeed. And then if you go deep, deep, deep into like the trauma around breastfeeding, you know, the whole um, term of wet nursing came back when, you know, slave owners, you know, they would line up their pregnancies and births with a slave or an enslaved I've 
people have really corrected that, right? You don't want to call them slaves. You called in them enslaved people mm-hmm. who, um, you know, women, um, they would line up their pregnancies with them so that if they weren't able to breastfeed or if they just simply didn't want to breastfeed, they can have, um, you know, the enslaved, uh, you know, woman come in to breastfeed their baby. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and that would mean her baby would not be exactly. Fed. So a lot of black babies were malnutrition, uh, malnourished, or they would die because they would be fed some dried milk with dirty water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you have to be, especially in those early days, things have to be very sanitized when you're feeding the baby, and so they would die. And so you know. The slave owners didn't want that to happen to their babies, so they would. They didn't care where the milk came from. Mm-hmm. So we were used as these cows, essentially, mm-hmm. to feed their children up until the ages of like two years old. And let me tell you, like what breastfeeding does to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to really nourish it really well because it just depletes everything, <laughs> <laughs> like your energy, everything. Mm-hmm. It's going to. Uh, it, it just sucks the life out of you. And so if you're literally, so if you're breastfeeding, not even your child mm-hmm. and, and for a commitment of two years, I did it for a year and I was like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is my own child that I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not doing this anymore. And here they were forced to be wet nurses. And that's where this term came from. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do this for white people's babies. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of trauma, I think it wasn't really it's not like a thought like we go really back into your great 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 grandmothers um why they decided not to do this mm-hmm. especially when other options for safer formula came about is because you have this trauma of breastfeeding this historical mm-hmm. drama trauma of breastfeeding white babies and having your children die and be mm-hmm. malnourished so you know i i reading some of those stories I was like wow and just hearing that term like oh that's where wet nurse came from like that's crazy now mm-hmm. it's like what is it people who just come during at night just to feed the baby night nurse night nurse but I think they call it what well I think sometimes there is actual like even wet nurses right oh I don't know I don't know if actually people actually do there that might be I mean now I mean now in because well, there's a formula shortage but now you're seeing women across the country who are oversupplying put out on social media like hey i have like six months yeah. of frozen milk maybe i was thinking of the term not so much wet nurse but like you said night nurse mm-hmm. but like i think that's kind of like what it's what's similar yeah. yeah um but of course with the night nurse they're only coming there during the night to mm-hmm. allow yeah. people um to sleep and and whatnot so that they can feed the bottles mm-hmm. and stuff so but essentially these lower um, breastfeeding rates among black women is due to interference with a black mother's ability to breastfeed being historic and systemic. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of, you know, and I'm not a historian (laughs) by no Mm -hmm. means, but that's a lot of those articles and stuff that I was reading that they were like, there has to be, there's some linkage right there. Mm -hmm. Like trauma doesn't just kind of stop with the person that was traumatized. Mm -hmm. It goes on for many generations and they're like, 
you know, if there's some reason why, if you really look, 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 look back, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes your decisions that you make are not just because what's your personal decision that that's what I want to do, but because everything swayed you into making those decisions. So whether, like I mentioned before, the media mm-hmm. and everything else and your, and your family not breastfeeding, you thought, oh, this was a choice that I made, but really it was not really a choice because you don't see it as an option in the first place. Yep. And so those little things that happens that that's why we are where we are, where there's just such a low percentage um, or a lower percentage Mm -hmm. of black women who breastfeed or at least breastfeed for a long period of time. But I think those things are changing because a lot of people are talking about it. The the co-founder of the, of black breastfeeding week, which is every August, which Mm -hmm. I know you've, participated in in lending your voice to just on social and on on our own platforms but um one of the co-founders said that we must end the dangerous conversation of breastfeeding as a choice without a deeper discussion as to how black women's choices are shaped by their circumstances exactly and i think that's so important and why it's and why there's a black breastfeeding week <laughs> mm-hmm. specifically because, you know, I have a lot of friends that I fully support who wrote on social media with the formula sort shortage that like, mm-hmm. this was their decision. They decided not to breastfeed and that's okay. Cause people were shaming people mm-hmm. like, well, why don't you just breastfeed? Cause if there's no yeah. formula and they're like, sure, let me just get my, and I fully, my breast back up. And- yep. And I fully support it became very angry for them as well mm-hmm. when people were seeing that stuff on social media. But this is a little, this conversation is a little bit different, right? It's mm-hmm. like, first we need to like let black women know that this is an option and give them all the twos, tools so that they can then say, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not for me. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Instead of being like straight to formula without even a thought yep. to there's another option that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the campaign and the discussion is not around shaming women for not deciding to do it, but just to equip women with the knowledge and the skills to be able to make that, to finally have a choice because mm-hmm. the, the choice was taken from us before. Yeah. And so now it's, they're trying to give that back to women, black women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now, you know, on your second journey and still going, mm-hmm. <laughs> Eight more months to go. Oh, uh, no. Whatever. Whenever. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you want to say you're done. But what are your kind of final thoughts on just breastfeeding in general for newbies, for returners, for everyone? I think that, you know, when they say like. Things to remember. Yeah. I, I think the big thing is that like every. They, you know, people say every pregnancy, every child and journey is different. And being this being my second time around, like, yeah, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, you know, it, it seems so obvious. Yeah. Of course, everybody's different. But sometimes you get so overly confident or you're just like, yeah, like I can like, yeah, I've done this before. I've done this before. But then the uniqueness of pregnancy, birth and children that come out of you just the (laughs) uniqueness of all of them changes that journey so much for you Mm -hmm. and so to be able to uh pivot and take some of the things you learn in your first journey but be reminding yourself throughout the entire time like everything is every journey is different you can still get to the same destination right it just might look a little different each time and so i got 
to the same destination with both Blair and Liam with wanting to breastfeed them and creating that bond. But my journey was different Mm -hmm. with each of them. Um, One was just, you know, really sleepy baby who didn't, you know, and efficient and nurse like really quickly. The other one had medical issue, you know, medical things that prevented them to be able to, to, to do that. And so I had to pivot and figure out what to do to ultimately get to the, the destination that I wanted to get to, which was breastfeeding them and keeping my eye on the prize. And, um, I would once again say like the support system was really what really made, made my journey the way made it a success was to be able to have some people around me that encouraged me to not give up because I wanted to give up. Um, but also it's okay if you wanted to give up. Yes, but I wanted to give up because I thought that I couldn't see past yeah, I know. my current circumstances. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm in pain. And I that's all I could kept your choice to give up, your choice to yeah. stop. You know, it, out of frustration. Up. And people who know me, I was, you know, I was just in so, I was just felt defeated. Um, but they saw that my want and to actually breastfeed outweighed that. And mm-hmm. so they're like, you know, had this the tongue tie procedure the consultation and stuff not worked then i can say you did everything Mm -hmm. and then step away and i think that's what my support system wanted to make sure like make sure you do Mm -hmm. everything first you know that you can that you feel comfortable with doing and then walk away because then you can look back and be like i did everything this was just so damn hard Mm -hmm. or like it just didn't work out for us you know because even with the procedure maybe he would have taken the bottle better and then still didn't Mm-hmm. really wanted um latch very correctly so it just worked out for me that it corrected everything that i needed it to correct yeah so i i, I just want to stress once again like every journey is going to be different so if you feel like okay i'm you're listening to this and like oh i don't think i can do that mm-hmm. <laughs> my nipples bleeding you might have a baby who's just amazing and just a me uh, like i shouldn't say amazing but just you know able to quickly um, latch and be fine. Mm-hmm. Don't need a consultation, need nothing and just go on your merry, merry way. Or you may have a similar exp- um, experience that I had and you're like, okay, I remember Fatima said, you know, insurance companies for the most part should be covering X amount of lactation consultants. So I can go on a website and find someone to help and do it in your mm-hmm. early days and stuff like that. Or ask for that lactation consultant in the first days, or it's okay to supplement. That doesn't mean that you can continue your journey. You can hear all the things that I said and be like, you know, that's fine. And mm-hmm. you might not hit on every single point. Um, and that, and that's okay. And so I, you know, I think that that's, that's important just to remember that like every journey is, is different. And so, you know, maybe everything's not lined up the way you see how my story was lined up and maybe something might be helpful for you to take on, um, take on your own personal journey. I really love that. I think it's a great way to, to end this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah, we'll have I have one episode unless we want to make it two more, but we got <laughs> one, one more one more final thoughts on everything coming up. Um and that'll end this uh season two journey. Maybe we'll come back at some point. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, maybe. Bonus episode. <laughs> to talk about raising teenagers? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. 
<laughs> if this if these platforms are still around uh in i guess it's 10 years oh my god mm-hmm. so wild anyways we're 14 year old we'll live in the now <laughs> he's four years old and four month old so we'll live in the now yep good idea <laughs> thanks for listening that's all for this episode but make sure you're following the show so you know when the next episode is out Check out our website, liliesandloafers.com, for cooking and DIY inspiration and more updates from our growing family. Millennial and Pregnant is a Lilies and Loafers original podcast. It's hosted by me, Fatima. And me, Brian. Original music by Purple Planet. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.